Hey everyone, this is Fred on Spirit Reflections, and this is part of our 81 episode exploration of the book Tao of Leadership by John Hyder, a modern adaptation of the ancient Chinese text Tao Te Ching, written by Lao Tzu over 500 years BC. Today we're going to read chapter 38, which is a favorite of mine, do a short commentary and a meditation to help get your day off to a great start. And what do you think of these teachings? Are you familiar with the Tao Te Ching? Please comment below, and if you haven't yet, like and subscribe to our channel. It really helps us a lot, and it's free to do so. So chapter 38 goes like this. It's called Potent Leadership. Potent leadership is a matter of being aware of what is happening in the group and acting accordingly. Specific actions are, are less important than the leader's clarity or consciousness. That is why there are no exercises or for, formulas to ensure successful leadership. Potency cannot be calculated or manipulated, nor is it a matter of trying to look good. Three examples illustrate differing degrees of potency in leadership. One, potent a conscious yet spontaneous response to what is happening in the here and now, no calculation or manipulation. Two, less potent, trying to do what is right. This is calculated behavior based on a concept of right and manipulative behavior based on an idea of what should happen. Least potent, Imposed morality. Imposed morality rests entirely on should and shouldn't. It is both calculated and manipulative and meets resistance with punishment. It sheds no light on what is actually happen happening. It often backfires. Leaders who lose touch with what is happening cannot act spontaneously. So they try to do what they think is right. If that fails, they often try coercion. But the wise leader who loses the sense of immediacy becomes quiet and lets all effort go until a sense of clarity and consciousness returns. I don't even know where to start on this one because there's so much here. The, the idea of being aware of what's happening in the group setting, the clarity of presence allows us to act spontaneously without calculating should, shouldn't, is this going to make me look good, make me come across as wise, admired, respected. All of that is just chatter and static that when we are present in the here and now, and we have that consciousness for the group, then we act, some, we act spontaneous, we respond spontaneously, and there's no calculation or manipulation. It's definitely the most potent quality of leadership, which responds organically to what is happening in the here and now. Whereas number two is potent, but not as potent which is, I have a, 
a whole set of beliefs, of conditionings, of trainings and materials that I've immersed myself in, and I stay true to them in in the way to be some with some some sort of an allegiance to them, so that I am sometimes bounded by them in my acting in a group setting. So is important for us to ob often empty ourselves out of preconceived ideas and notions and get a variety of sources of inspiration and always question things and check in with ourselves, tune into our core and say, does this feel right? Does this feel right now like it's the best um, content, right? So the notion of manipulative behavior and calculation comes from fear, from insecurity, from wanting to control, but finding that I don't have that power within me. So I resort to these things, calculation, manipulation, and, and trying to do what is right. It comes from that sense of morality of should, shouldn't. Somebody's doing something wrong, therefore I judge as I look at that. Somebody else is doing something right. I aspire to be like that. And so I impose that as I am leading a group or as I am talking. And of course, the third one, least potent, which is the imposed morality. We often see that in cults, organized religions, or in tyrannical settings where leaders act from a very authoritarian, vertical, hierarchical place where don't question me, I'm right. This is like a dogma, I say so, it's, I, I said it and that's the end of it. And uh, using fear, if you don't do this, then that. And when you do this, this can happen. So this kind of discourse, which unfortunately is still very present in many segments of our society, not, not just organized religion. It's, and it's a, a reminder for us to be aware of when we're entering group settings, if the leader or if the people in the group have this attachment to this kind of imposed morality. And when that is the case, check in with ourselves. Is that the right place for me at that moment? Sometimes it can be. Sometimes we do need these enclosed sort of restrictive spaces in order to transform something within ourselves. But those are not simply tools. They're just means. They're not the end. And often when we confuse the means with the ends, we get fanatical, we get blinded by it. So just another tool, just another means to achieve an end. And when we are in the position of the leader with our own selves, just individually or with other people, when we are feeling that we are losing touch with what's happening, instead of forcing further and asserting our position, asserting our authority because we might perceive we're being threatened somehow and then start talking from that place of fear and insecurity. Instead, let's try retreating as it says here and becoming quiet, letting things go, sleeping on it for a few days. And then when coming back to it, come back with that calmness, that clarity of consciousness, which will then help shed light on what is happening. And hopefully in the process, we learn how things happen more and more. This was a pretty rich one. And I would love to offer us now a meditation to reflect on these, on these contrasting styles of leadership. And I invite you to join me 
want to take a step back or sit down, lie down, relax your body, and whenever you're ready, let's feel at ease together. Rest and be still in our thoughts, desires, expectations and feelings. Take a conscious breath in, slowly, deeply. exhaling fully as we enter more and more into a state of conscious relaxation. And we find those pearls inside of us, the talents, the virtues, the abilities we have already acquired through our own efforts. We look at that storehouse of treasures within and we offer it to the world. In a calm, detached, disinterested way, As we breathe in, we nourish ourselves. Every cell of our body gets basked in this certainty of the universal harmony, the rhythms, even the polarities that interact with each other in a harmonious ballet that we are a part of. And in those interactions, let's fill ourselves with that enthusiasm, that spontaneous joy of being in the present moment still, calm, restful, grounded, and with those treasures inside and this state of being that I described, we are able to harness the power of our creativity expressivity and leadership to ignite joy, ignite beauty, inspiration, comfort, and enlightening communities around us. So let us take these reflections with us throughout our day. And whenever you're ready, open your eyes.
wish you a great rest of your day.